right, everyone, welcome back. It's another edition of the Wobcast 2.0, episode seven, double doink of victory for the Vikings in London over the New Orleans Saints. I'm your host, Mike Wobshaw Wobby, with you, as always, joined by my partners, Giles and Chase. And we're with you for the next 30 or 45 minutes or so as we talk about the Vikings win over the New Orleans Saints. They move to three and one. We take a look around the NFC and the NFC North, see where the Minnesota Vikings are sitting and how we feel about them. And then we'll preview the Vikings next game, which is against the Chicago Bears here at home, U.S. Bank Stadium. So lots to get to. And as always, my partners in crime are Giles and Chase. Hey, fellas, how's it going? Oh, uh, always a great week after a, a good W uh, across the pond. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I guess it's a, it's a quasi home for the Vikings, fellas. They're undefeated over there, at least Seriously. In, the modern, in the modern era. They've lost games overseas uh dating back to to the 80s uh and before but uh of late home away from home for those minnesota vikings um i guess we're hoping they're they're on the schedule in london next year too i know seriously and i feel like well this may be more of a feeling than a reality but it definitely is a feeling in my brain where the vikings have a bigger fan base across the pond than a lot of different nfl teams um at least what i've seen across the world like i mean we are probably the best sports franchise across all major sports for that matter, to not have won a championship. And yeah. I think people gravitate towards that aspiration when they're trying to get into American football. Maybe. Like, all oh, the Vikings, they're always competitive. They're never a dumpster fire. I don't know. Yeah. Um, and over the seasons, I think that's maybe why that's come to yeah. come to light. So I, I think that's a good, a good psychoanalysis maybe of it. You know, I think the other thing truly is um, the colors and the nickname are – are unique i mean there's Mm -hmm. purple and gold in in other sports the lakers of course are are that uh but you know vikings there's not a vikings in every league um you know and purple and gold is not um is not common and i i do truly think as um superficial as those two things are i think that plays into it you know um 100 yeah and it's a very european name i mean like the vikings of norway like feels close to home Yep, true. So uh, the Vikings come out on top uh, in London, guys. And let's go um, to what worked and what didn't. Um, you know, I mentioned the double doink, and that that's that's sort of a famous moniker for a Chicago Bears playoff loss uh, a few seasons ago. But it's how the Vikings uh, secured victory in London is uh, Will Lutz going uh, off the upright and off the crossbar on what was that a sixty-yard field goal? I think it was. Um, uh, something like that. Yeah, yeah. It was a long one. Yeah. Field goal attempt um, that would have tied the game, but does not go through and, uh, and the Vikings win. So of course, lots happened leading up to that fellas. Um, let's yeah. talk about what worked to me. Uh, there's really, <laughs> there's really only two things that worked in my view. Uh, I thought Justin Jefferson got back on track and I thought Greg Joseph looked great. So yeah. uh, I'm, I'm not going to be too hard on, on this squad here because they're three and one, but we are going to pull this thing apart yep. um, in segment two. But in terms of what worked in this game, uh, do you concur that those two things were working? Uh, and then was there something maybe that you think it did work that I'm not giving enough credit to? Because I, I really didn't see much other than those two things, and that was enough to win. That's definitely fair. I, I can definitely validate those two things definitely worked. However, I think although this game was relatively unsexy in a lot of different ways, I think, uh, not to put too much of a pun on it, but things went right with Mr. Ryan Wright. Uh, The punter just throwing the fake punt uh, like that 
was a, yeah. a momentum shift for our game. Now, from what I understand, they practiced that all week long. So I think they had in their back pocket, like, hey, if we're down, we, we're going to use this to shift momentum. And I know uh, Kevin O'Connell's talked a lot about momentum. So I think that worked really, really well. Now, I think from a macro lens, they're not going to be able to do that every week. So, you know, it's a, a special trick play. Um, from an individual standpoint, I think uh, Dalvin Tomlinson, he's sitting in a great spot, although it's... It's kind of a position that goes under the radar. He's tef- uh, technically listed on, uh, I believe he's eighth uh, out of all uh, interior tackles on PFF grade. Like he is yeah. having a phenomenal season. Okay. Um, now you can, we'll talk a little bit more on a macro level later, but he's having a great season and he had a great game against the uh, the Saints. Mm-hmm. And Christian Derrissaw, same thing on the other side. He was he was doing very, very well. Um, so I think we got a, a good franchise left tackle and he had yeah. a great game against the Saints. Yeah. Anything you want to add there, Chase, from the executive producer standpoint? Well, for me, I just I'm looking at Delvin Cook. Um, I'm not going to say he had a good game because I don't think he did, uh-huh. but he hasn't had a good game all year. So it was nice to see mm-hmm. some flashes here and there of um, the old Delvin Cook that we have gotten so used to seeing um, mm-hmm. a couple, you know, 11, 12 yard runs, you know, breaking some tackles. It was nice to see that again, although it wasn't on like a huge, a huge um, piece mm-hmm. for us. It yep. was nice to know that he still he still has that in him and could return to, you know, the reasoning why we're paying him 60 million. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You, you yep. know, I, um, I just want to comment on a couple of things that you guys brought to the table there. Um, I totally agree on Darisaw Giles. I, I think that's, uh, definitely arrow pointing up at a key position where the Vikings haven't been necessarily totally buttoned up there, you know, yep. in that group as a whole, but in that specific position. Yep. Um, you know, Arguably our best offensive lineman, and I, that's all due respect to, to Brian O'Neill. Well, yeah, and I think Brian O'Neill is right there, so I think you, your book ended very well uh, mm-hmm. if you're the Vikings there. So that is a bright spot for the Vikings. Um, you know, and Chase, you know, I think you're right. Dalvin did did flash, and I can't help but – and we're going to get more into in segment two on this, but I, I just see a lot of Rams here with the Vikings offense where it's like, we you got to run the ball a little bit more and i get it i get it you got a very sophisticated passing offense with great scheme that's hard to defend and an elite wide receiver but i just don't like the usage of dalvin cook i don't think it's enough and mm-hmm. and you're making the point for me chase like when you give it to him and you give him space i mean that guy is like he's shot out of a cannon and I don't remember which defender it was but it might have been demario davis who who literally tripped him tripped him and if he hadn't done that i think he was i think dalvin was gone on that one yeah um, he's and, going to the and, house yep and so and that's an illegal play that was not called and it might have been an inadvertent trip um but it's just that one play if that one play doesn't happen that way and dalvin actually gets to the paint there i can't even make this point anymore because he probably yep. would have been over 100 yards and would have had a rushing touchdown so yeah um but that to me is one thing that di- that isn't working is, yep. is the running game. I, I don't think it's gashing people. And I think it'll just make Jefferson and Thielen and Irv Smith better if yep. they can do it a little bit more. So to me, that yep. that that is part of what didn't work um, in the grand scheme of things against the Saints, red zone offense, Dalvin, and I, yep. I am not sold on this defense at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was very uncomfortable if I'm a Vikings fan or a Vikings coach. I'm very uncomfortable with the Saints offensively doing what they did. Mm-hmm. With Andy Dalton, no Michael Thomas, and no Elvin Kamara. I mean, I think that's yep. a problem. And half of their offensive line was out. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. So, 
to me, yep. the things that didn't work, guys, red zone offense, I still want more from the running game, and I, I don't I don't like how the defense is playing. Yep. And to build on that, uh, specifically with the running game, I think uh, the fact that we're having spurts of Dalvin Cook doing great shows that he still has it. He's not cooked, no pun intended. Yeah. He still has it. He's still a great back. I yeah. actually place a lot of that blame on the offensive line, not to make them always the – you know, the battering ram here, but uh, on the left side of the offensive line from a run blocking standpoint, they are not doing great this season. I don't know what, uh, between Garrett Bradbury, who is typically a great reach blocker, he's typically really good in the run game. Ironically, that is flipped now, yeah. where Garrett Bradbury is actually doing better from a pass protection standpoint than run. Yeah. Uh, and Ezra Cleveland's having a rough year when it comes to PFF uh, on the run side of the fence. And they simply can't uh, call out the, the mic, like the middle linebacker. They're really having a hard time figuring out those rush lanes. And that's that's getting Dalvin uh, stopped yeah. in the running game along with it. So I think if we can improve that left side and figure out, I mean, that's a schematic thing because all last year we were very good at the run. It was the pass protection that we had an issue with. So I think from a run defense or run offense standpoint, we just need to get that, uh, that blocking a little bit more tuned up. Yep. And, and you know what, you might've given the explanation that Kevin O'Connell would give if, if we pressed him on it on like, mm -hmm. why, what, why not the run? Why aren't you running more? Um, you know, I, I saw a great uh, tweet from Paul Charchi, and if you don't follow him, give him a follow. He had a great stat on Dalvin and the lack of usage in the red zone and the lack mm -hmm. of usage when backed up. Mm -hmm. um, you know, where you should be relying on your on your bell cow or at least on your running. Mm -hmm. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I think. Uh... Um, Oh, sorry. You broke up there for a second. Say that one more time. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Um, there's just there's still meat on the bone there in in the running game, uh, and I expect that'll improve over time. Yep. Um, and I think if that does, I think this offense goes to the next level. Um, I agree. Let's let's go into segment two, which is just the Vikings playing with house money, Giles and Chase. Um, and what what I mean by that is to me. You know, shoulda, woulda, coulda. I don't really love playing that game because I think when the season is over. You know, it's just like a if you play golf, it's like you know you you shot a, a an eighty two and it's like ah I could have shot a seventy nine if I would have made that putt and if I wouldn't have hit it ob over there, and it's like yeah I know that but you know what you you had a lucky bounce out of the sand trap yep. uh, on seventeen and yep. you made a really long putt that you got lucky on on four you know so it's mm -hmm. like you you always have that, mm -hmm. um, but so far the Vikings have not, the Vikings have only one games that they probably didn't deserve to win you know they that's fair um i don't think they deserve to beat detroit and i don't know that they should have beaten new orleans they at least should have gone to overtime there yep yeah they locked out you know um so um but this is good for them this is good yep. for them because they're gonna get outplayed and then mm -hmm. win they're yep. gonna win a game they shouldn't have won to, like yep. that that's definitely gonna happen yep so uh, to me their wins are wins man yep. and Stack and, them up. Yeah, stack them up. And they're at three right now. Yep. They're the second seed in the NFC. And they've got they've got games against Chicago, two against Chicago still to go, which mm -hmm. I think are going to be two wins. Yep. Washington, the Jets, and the Giants. They're all on the schedule. Mm -hmm. Two, three, four. That's five games that I think they're going to be favored in heavily and they're going to win. So yep. add that to three wins. That's eight. So yep. uh, the, to me, they got eight. You know, oh, and that's yeah. That's as without, a relative gimme. Yep. Yep. And, and so, and that's like Dallas. I think they could beat Arizona. Mm -hmm. I think they can beat. I think they'll be yep. favored in both those games. Yep. Maybe um, even Miami, considering their scenario going yes, on right now. Yeah. So, I mean, um, I think 
as critical as I can be about them so far or have been, I mean, I think they're in a really good position when you take a look at where they are sitting right now. I think eventually they're going to click. They're yep. going to play really well and beat some good teams. Yep. Um, they're going to win a game they shouldn't have won. And their division and their conference are weak. So I'm mm-hmm. generally, their outlook, I, I, I'm negative on how they've played, but I'm positive on their outlook. Yep. Hundred percent, and that's the thing about the Vikings is that they're installing new schemes on both sides of the ball. So I expected a learning curve. So if you can actually get wins when you're not actually thriving, that's the best case scenario. Like you're mentioning, yeah. if we can get three and one now, if we can go into the bye, uh, you know, maybe five and one. Um, I think you know there's some really good uh, elements there because. Although I would agree they don't look great in a lot of different ways. One, I think there's executional issues. We're dropping balls all over the place. Um, Our coverage isn't as great. Um, I did kind of a quick analysis to see how is the Vikings organization comparing to the rest of the league. And I think in a vacuum, you would say, oh, the Vikings aren't clicking on offense. They're not clicking on defense. But I did kind of an analysis here. Overall, across all the teams, the Vikings are actually ranked sixth overall with PFF. Okay. They're the sixth best team right now. And that, I mean, they're doing better than a lot of teams, including the Bucks, uh, which, you know, that's a different conversation. But when it comes to kind of that individual breakdown, uh, we'll start on the defensive side of the ball. They're listed as the ninth best uh, overall defense right now. So they're top 10 in defense. Um, when you break that down, they're actually third in run defense. Like they're literally third. When you would look at it, you'd be all like, we have a horrible run defense. Well, yeah. although it may not necessarily look good, in comparison to the rest of the league, we're actually not doing too bad. Um, like apparently run defense is a, kind of an issue across the league right now. So I would say it's more of an indictment on the rest of the league than it is the Vikings uh, getting positive affirmation. Uh, we're actually second in tackling. We're ninth in pass rush. So to this point, we're top 10 in these categories. Um, we are 13th in points allowed. So we're about middle of the pack. The part where it drops off, drum roll, please, coverage. We are 26th in coverage. Yeah. We are third, or I'm sorry, we're third in re, uh, run defense. We're uh, ninth in pass rush, but 26th in coverage. Yeah. That's where things are falling apart. Yeah. Um, I think part of that scheme, but yeah, I don't know. Thoughts? No, I, and I'm not surprised to hear that at all. And I think where where it was the most disappointing was how easy it was for Philadelphia in the first half um, yeah. to score points. I mean, it was like I was watching a seven on seven, you know, at training camp. Um, yep. And I think it could be worse, guys. Like I, mm-hmm. I've seen, and you know, I watched the game back, and I'm like, Andy Dalton missed a touchdown on uh, on Patrick Peterson in the game. Mm-hmm. I think it was Olave yep. who who ran by him, and he just didn't throw it to him. Yep. You know, um, and I think I think Patrick Peterson is a, was a great player and is still a good player. And I've never met him. I I left the team before he got there. Uh, I'm sure he's a great guy, but I he's not the same. He's not. Yep. That's not Patrick Peterson yep. who played for the Cardinals. Correct. Um, yeah, there's a step that's been lost. Yep, for sure. So happens I think, to everybody. Yeah, I think it could even be worse now. Are we concerned? Those are interesting numbers. I like putting the quantitative spin on those or look at those um, because that matters to to a great extent. Yep. Are we concerned about like Daniil Hunter? Because we can't, I can't find him. Where is he? And he doesn't look awful on tape. Nope. So, so maybe teams are just overcompensating and other guys are getting theirs because they are really worried about Daniil, but are we concerned yep. that Daniil's not wrecking games from an over like overtly wrecking games? Um, I will genuinely or genuinely say no. 
Um, I think it's important to note that we don't have Mike Zimmer anymore. So pressure is not going to be one, uh, what it once was because he was the pressure master. Yeah. Um, but I think it's important to note that we're only rushing for uh, linemen on like 90% of snaps. We are not blitzing at all, which okay. obviously seems to be intentional by the, the coaching staff yep. there. Yep. Now, that can be either a uh, kind of a, a nod to the defensive lineman that we think that we can get home with four, yeah. uh, or we don't trust the coverage, which I think is maybe more where it's at. Um, and I think we're playing uh, cover six and two high safeties a lot. That's our base defense. But I think we're running that package in a very deep sense. Our safeties are so deep in that mentality that yeah. – Ultimately, like it makes things really, really tough where I think we're getting good pressure. Like we're ninth in pressure and that's both from Zedaria Smith. Um, Dalvin Tomlinson has been doing great from a pass rush standpoint. Um, I would say, you know, uh, Jonathan Bullard isn't necessarily that great. So if we could replace him, that would be better. But if we can fix our coverage issue, I think then we can make uh, more of a concerted effort to blitz more. And that's where I think you're really going to see them make hay. Okay. Yep. Um, I, I totally buy that. I, I definitely buy that explanation. Um, because I, I agree the coverage is not, I think the coverage is substandard. And mm -hmm. so you can't be mad at them for not pressuring when mm -hmm. they don't believe in their coverage. Um, yep. interesting. You're mentioning league trends and league observations, Giles, um, you know, and the Vikings playing a lot of shell coverage. Yep. Um, you know, Chris Collinsworth made that note on the Sunday night football broadcast um, this past week when Mike Tirico mm -hmm. just asked him, what are you seeing around the league at the end of the game? And he said, I'm noticing a lot of shell coverage. Yep. Um, and why that is, is up for people to guess. Um, yep. Is it just the, the, the proliferation of sophisticated passing attacks and lots of speed at receiver. And um, yep. is it that Let's take away the know. explosive plays? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Right. Um, I, I don't, I don't know what it is. Um, yeah. But uh, that is something that Collinsworth noted, and it's something that you're noting about the Vikings, and so they're obviously following that trend. Is yep. that a season-long trend for them, or will they deviate from that over time? That remains to be seen. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think that you vary on that based on primarily the quarterback you're, you're going against. And mm -hmm. is that guy good when he's pressured, or is he bad when he's pressured? There used to be an yep. old adage where it was like, you know, you sit back against – uh, the good ones and you go after the bad ones. Um, mm -hmm. but now with the rules, the way they are, I don't think you want to sit back against the good ones. They'll pick you apart now. Um, so yep. I mean, sometimes you want to get after them. Yep. So especially you know, someone like Andy Dalton, I was expecting us to pressure the heck out of him because yeah. he's historically bad under pressure. So I yeah. was surprised that we only rushed for me too. But then, you know, on the flip side, it's like, if I don't want to, I don't want to single anyone out uh, across the league. I don't want to disrespect them, but you know, like just like you're playing the 21st rated quarterback in the NFL, you kind of like, we'll take our chances with a four man rush, put seven in coverage, and good luck trying to complete a pass against a seven man coverage. Yeah. If you're the 21st best quarterback in the NFL, that's the mindset that a lot of the, the, the play callers have. And yep. you can understand that. So it'll, point is, it'll be interesting to see how that changes for the Vikings defense, their coverage and their propensity or not to blitz and, and to, and to pressure. So, yep. and, and you're right. We're coming off of a, of a of a coach who loved to do it. I mean, I know I know firsthand. I mean, he sat in his office and drew him up and just would try to be as creative as he could be. You yeah. know, and arguably one of the best in history at creating pressure. Yes, period. And, and Aaron Rodgers will tell you that. I mean, you yeah. know, the, yeah. the double A gap, and you got Harrison Smith, and you got nine guys on the line. You don't know who's coming and who's going. And yep. you know, I mean, the great Aaron Rodgers was left to guess. Yeah, you know, at it. Yeah. Um, 
And so, and Zim's record against Aaron Rodgers, uh, relatively speaking, was was pretty good when you compare yep. what everyone else's record is against Aaron Rodgers. So, yeah, yep. we'll see what happens. Uh, it'll be interesting to find out. Um, um, you know, the other thing is Daniil is standing up a lot too. So, like, yep. this whole discussion started with me being like, where's Daniil? Well, he's, yep. he's playing a new position. So, I think we got to grant him a little grace um, there to, to learn that. Yep. Um, so... Uh, before we take a look at the a peek at the NFC, um, any other notes on the Vikings as a whole? I know Giles, you you um, you had some of those PFF notes uh, that you that you dove into. So any others? I got a few things on offense, uh, but lastly on defense, I will say our defense is performing much better than you would maybe look at them. The coverage is really the issue, but the rest of the categories were top ten. So I think okay. I think considering where we were last year. Um, it's a good good improvement. Uh, but from an offensive standpoint, currently we're ninth in total offense from a PFF standpoint, uh, so top 10. Uh, we're in, uh, ninth in passing offense specifically. We are sixth in run offense. Um, uh, we are 15th in points scored, which I think is potentially an issue. Um, you know, if, if we're going to be top 10 in uh, defense, I think we need to be top five in in. Uh, Total offense, if we want to, or, you know, in, in points scored, rather, if we want to really make a, a deep run come February. Um, when it comes to blocking, that's where this is really interesting. We're seventh in run blocking. Uh, we are 20th in pass blocking, though. And that's where I think the real disparity comes into play. Um, if we're really trying to get these points uh, happening, because we've made a significant number of trips down to the red zone. I had the notes and I just lost them uh, about uh, the amount of uh, times that we've been to the, the red zone in comparison to other teams. And we are towards the top we're in the top 10 if not top five i have to double check but like in terms of number of trips down to the red zone and we're not taking points away like we get right down where you can sniff the goal line and we have to kick a field goal or we don't get any points at all and it's tough to to win games when it's that way so honestly i chalk that up to scheming we need to do a better job scheming in the red zone and uh we need to do a better job at at uh at, at protecting honestly when we're throwing like we're getting a ton of pressure on third downs we can't uh we can't uh, figure out who the mic is and we're, we're just getting super pressured so if we can figure yeah. out how to put points on the board i actually think we might be top five in scoring because yeah. most teams aren't making it down to the red zone like we are so yep. i think that is meant to provide a positive tone to this team that it's not that we're a dumpster fire that things aren't clicking although it doesn't always look sexy we're making trips down to the red zone we're moving the ball we just need to be able to capitalize on it I, and and this is where getting back to the usage of Dalvin and the running game, Giles. I mean, yep. the key to red zone conversions historically, and I still believe today, is running the ball. I mean, you have yeah. to run it because the field is condensed down there. There's less field for the defense to cover in the passing game. Uh, more crowded boxes. You need to be able to run the ball and move people down there. And yep. and and if you if you don't run it. You, you can't do that. It's one thing to be able to do yep. it when you're trying to run it, but if you're not even running it, I mean, you're, yep. you're not going to. So, I mean, <clears throat> that's definitely an area where the Vikings can improve. And um, I, the, what I like to say is um, on the red zone conversion thing, guys, field goals, lose games. Yep. Field goals, lose games. Yeah. Um, because even because you, you're going to miss some and lose yep. that way. And then even when you make them, you're, it's not going to be enough you know um, you got to score especially when yep. you're down there yep. and like i didn't like what john harbaugh did last week game was it was 20 to 20 in the fourth quarter and they were inside the five and he went for yep. it on fourth and goal i didn't like that i would kick yep. there and that, that was moment. pretty aggressive yeah. <laughs> yeah but i mean when i see five for five on field goals i, I don't know uh, like that should be five touchdowns <laughs> yeah i mean i would say five for five on field goals like that's not great 
I mean, no. that's great for Greg Joseph, and then you win special teams player of the month of the week or whatever. Yeah. But like that tells me that you're not scoring touchdowns, you know. Correct. So and, and yeah, fix that. Yeah. So. Yeah. You need to, need to get the job done. Yep, for sure. We are eleventh uh, in special teams. If you uh, care about that, <laughs> I do care about that. I do care about that, Giles. So that's a um, big deal, actually, in comparison it, to last season. It, it is, and you know what? Like people would be surprised how many special team snaps there are in a game. Like mm-hmm. people think, you know, seven or eight or nine. No, there's not. There's tw- yep. twenty or more sometimes special team snaps in a game. You yep. got to be good on that side of the football. That that part of the of the, of the game matters. And yep. the Vikings made a big play on special teams, as you referenced earlier in the show, yep. uh, with the fake punt, you know, and yep. then they went five for five on field goals. So yep. um, it's, a, it's an important part of the game for sure. Any, any other specifics on special teams for the Vikings? Um, no, yeah, we're just 11th. I think uh, I think you're absolutely right. It's an incredibly important part of the game. You can make an argument that last year the Packers would have won the Super Bowl had they had a better special teams yeah. unit. They had one of the yeah. worst in the NFL, and it cost them their season. Yeah, and, and they upgraded that or at least addressed that in a big way uh, by signing Rich Basaccia to be their special teams coordinator, who was the Raiders' interim head coach last year. So um, Yep, exactly. They, yep, they they're making an investment. Agreed. They, they yep. agreed with you on that one, Giles. Yep. Um, all right. Uh, did you empty the PFF notebook? We emptied the PFF notebook. Let's all go right. onward. All right. Good. Um, segment four, bad news for the Bears guys this week. Um, Bears at Vikings, noon central time on Fox. The Vikings open as seven point favorites over under is 44. I know the Bears are two and two, uh, which is uh, one or two more wins. than I thought they'd have after the first <laughs> month of the season, but they are 0-2 on the road, and they got killed by Green Bay, who the Vikings beat. Um, yep. I do not like this spot for the Bears. I love this spot for the Vikings. Before I go much further, initial thoughts, Vikings-Bears. Uh, I definitely think we win, that's for sure. Um, I've said it before, I'll say it again. I truly think they're one of the worst, if not the worst, team in football right now. I think yep. they've locked into two, two wins. Um, that's more an indictment on the teams that they've played than themselves. Um, I think we take this handily. Uh, I think we show the conference that we're here and we're here to stay. Uh, we're going to remain on top. So, yeah, we, it's a solid W. Yeah. Chase, any thoughts? Mm-hmm. Um, well, I think you guys hit the nail on the head uh, last week when we talked about it. This is probably the game as a Vikings fan that I'm heading into this year where I'm feeling the most confident. Um, mm-hmm. Not saying it's going to be an easy game, but as far as matchups go and home and away and stuff like that, I think – not a lot of things could be going better yeah. for the Vikings this week. We, so. Yeah, I, I, that's a good way to look at it, Chase. And I remember sitting around with my my friends when I was with the team and we'd be like in the middle of the week or whatever, talking about, you know, the team. And we'd be like, let's power rank our games, like most winnable to least winnable, you know, mm-hmm. kind of a fun activity. And if we did that right now, this week would be number one in the power rankings. This home yep. against Chicago. At home. I mean, yeah. I know it's a division opponent. There's familiarity there, and division games t- tend to be closer. But I mean, this is this would be number one in the power rankings of the remaining games that you should win. Yep. <clears throat> and look, Chicago's averaging 117 passing yards per game. <laughs> they have two passing touchdowns all season. David Montgomery was out last week. They do have the number four pass defense in the NFL, but they have the worst rush defense in the yep. NFL. So. Maybe yep. a get-right game for the Vikings running game, and nothing scares me on Chicago's offense other than, like on third and long, Justin Fields like extending a drive with his yeah. legs, using like, his legs. Yep, yep. Um, there are no easy games in this league, uh, but from a relative standpoint, this this is a layup for the Vikings, I do believe, and I fully expect that they'll be five and one uh, at this time next week. 
Yep, I completely agree. I also think last week against the Saints was more of a get-right game for certain elements of our game, including Justin Jefferson. Um, For the most positive tone I can offer, I think JJ is a very egotistical person. And I mean that, like, he wants to show the world that he's the greatest, and let's go make it happen. And I think this week is where I think he wants to show them that I want to – I want to compound on that. I didn't just show up last week. I'm going to be here to stay. Um, so I expect him to show up in a big way, and he'll he'll uh, he'll put the the clamps down on the on the defense. So yeah, yeah, uh, I I think you're probably right, and um, I I do think Kirk Cousins plays better inside. Uh, I think the Vikings' yep. offense is faster inside. I just think all arrows point to the Vikings here. Yep. Uh, and a lot of times in this league, that's dangerous, right? Yep. Uh, and so I think if Kevin O'Connell delivers that message and he needs to not think about this game the way we are, he's got to <laughs> like, he's got to like pretend that like, you know, something's wrong and that they're, they should lose the game. I mean, that's what yep. they have to, you know, pretend. Yep. They need uh, to take it seriously. But I have high expectations, like as easy as of a win as this should be for the Vikings. It's almost like, well, th- that's a high expectation. Yep. Like, so I have high expectations in this game. I'll yep. be in the building for it, actually, and I expect to see a show, uh, yep. particularly on offense. So Yeah, uh, seriously. We, Especially we, because now we're four, four or five weeks in now, right? And you want to yeah. see things start to click. I mean, we've yeah. given you a little bit of grace. Go figure out your schemes. You know, get on the same page. Get your route, right, your route concepts all on the, uh, yeah. on the same wavelength. But now is where it should start to click. Yeah. You don't start yeah. clicking after this week or next week, then I'm going to become more concerned that – uh, we're not achieving our true potential. Agreed. Agreed. Um, and we will not get into this right now, but um, if we put cart ahead of horse, we have dolphins uh, next week where we may be talking about our guy, Teddy uh, yeah. leading the, uh, the, the dolphins offense, which uh, he will do this week. I believe they said Tua will not play yep. uh, this week for the dolphins. So it could be Teddy uh, a week from now uh, who we're talking about as, as we get ready for Vikings dolphins, that's what's on the horizon for the purple. So that would be kind of fun. Yeah, Mr. Bridgewater himself. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, that's going to do it for episode seven, Double Doink, the Vikings victory over the New Orleans Saints and our preview of the Chicago Bears. As always, Giles and executive producer Chase and I thank you for listening. Remember to subscribe and to find the Wobcast 2.0 wherever you find all of your favorite podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, YouTube. At Wobby is where you can find me on Twitter. If you want to let us know what you want to hear or uh, ask us any questions you have, we'll love to incorporate that into the show. You can also email us, therealwobcast at gmail.com. We'll check that uh, for notes and questions from you guys as well and incorporate those into the show when applicable. That's going to do it for now. Vikings Bear Sunday at noon, U.S. Bank Stadium. Vikings looking to get win number four on the season as they sit in first place in the NFC North and second seed in the NFC, looking to stay hot and keep improving. For Giles and Chase, I'm Wabi signing off for now. Skull Vikings.